0: I'm away. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the LFG Cast, your one-stop shop for everything lifting, feasting, and gaming-related. I am your host, Phantom, joined as always by the Mad Lad himself, the Mad Titan of Titan, Zephin Blade. Hello. And today we have a more relaxed episode. For the past couple of weeks, we've kind of been focused on fitness, so we're gonna bring it back to the gaming side of things. Next week, we'll probably talk a lot about food because Zef, you're currently celebrating Passover, right? I don't know when Passover Correct. ends. Yeah,
1: I mean, you, you gotta, you kind of observe Passover, I guess. It's observe, a bit of a celebration, yeah. But you know,
0: Zef's partaking in the matzah, <laughs> and that matzah yeah. is indeed bussin. So. Mm-hmm. I saw a TikTok where a guy did that, where he's like, is the matzah bussin? And he breaks the big matzah, he takes the bite, mm-hmm. he goes, it's indeed bussin. That's
1: technically correct.
0: Yes. Um, so, Zef is observing Passover. Uh, Easter Sunday is coming up this weekend, so I'll be having a lot of food. So next week, we'll probably talk a little bit more about food than anything. Other than that, how was your week so far?
1: good you know uh starting to cycle back into some heavier training cuz my mm-hmm. hamstring will actually let me kind of bear more weight without freaking out um i've been really consistent and good in my recovery so next week i'm hoping to introduce it to like an actual training session but at greatly reduced weight just to kind of see how it works
0: nice nice i uh so far i'm i'm 2 for 2 on my workouts this week i hit uh, back in, really good back and buy session on Monday. And then yesterday, I hit chest and tries. And because I work in a glass factory, I was like, I can't put my hands on the ground, get glass everywhere. So I have uh, two dumbbells that have a flat side on one end. Mm-hmm. So I just gripped the dumbbells and just did push ups that way. Really proud of myself. Because the first time I did it a couple weeks ago, I think I could do like four without starting to feel like my muscles just like really start to twitch and kind of shake uh Mm -hmm. yesterday i did two full sets of six and a third set of about five which was huge for me i was like "Ooh, i like that felt very stable yeah i did that um overhead tricep extensions and then the one chair i have at work has just like a plank of wood as its back and Mm -hmm. it kind of tilts a little bit so i kind of like sat on the edge of the chair and tilted the plank back and made like an impromptu incline press mm. and just did some incline so that felt really good uh and then i tried doing some skull crushers and jackhammers, but i don't have a, a bench flat enough my boss told me that he is thinking about bringing his flat bench back into the warehouse and putting it in the basement and brah if he does that i will be benching every like wednesday and just get out of work, go right into the basement, start bench- Oh dude. Oh there I, miss, you go. I miss flat benching so much. Um Tomorrow I have squats on the table. So I do have my weekend's getting all mixed around with all these errands. So I do have a... originally I had some financial errands to run tomorrow. That's now pushed to Saturday. But tomorrow I have to go to the grocery store because so we're Italian, right? So on yeah, Easter, yeah. we make these two different types of... We call them pies. They're just like really big casseroles. They're delicious. One's a sweet pie, and it's made with uh, ragot cheese and sugar. Uh, so my mom made that, and the other one's a meat pie. So it's kind of the same principle. It's made with uh, regot fresh cheese that comes in like a little basket, mm. uh, mozzarella, uh, salami, and prosciutto. So... Yesterday, my mom went out to get some of this stuff, and the place she got it from did not cut it thick enough, because it has to be, like, thick, so you have, like, little cubes and chunks of it throughout the pie.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah,
0: so she went to make the meat pie today, and I had picked her up some extra yesterday that was thick enough, but she was like, I can't even use half this stuff. So I looked at her, and I was like, do you want me to go get it? So originally, she was going to send me tonight, and... I was going to have to like push stream back. It was going to be a whole thing. And then she's like, you know what? No, she's like, just go tomorrow. That way you don't have to cancel any of your stuff. So now tomorrow I got to go to the uh, Italian store. Like there's an actual like an Italian like (laughs) deli shop, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I got to go to the Italian shop in or up the street from my house and get salami. It's literally like, it's just going to be like a chunk Uh, salami. I got to get new prosciutto. And then my grandma wants beer for sunday so i have to go to the liquor store and i might pick up some wine beast i uh we're just kind of hanging home we haven't really had big easters uh in a while we kind of just do just our immediate household we don't really invite too many people over um every year every, every so often maybe we'll go out but uh not this year so we'll be staying home we'll be having lasagna meatballs Sausage, brujol, any past. We'll be having a lot of food. It's going to be really good. And then Sunday mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm. to go to the bakery and get bread and stuff in the morning. So all in all, I wanted to stay home all weekend, but I'll take doing like one errand a day over doing like a whole day's worth of errands. But in the meantime of all of that errand running, we're going to be playing a lot of games. So there is a couple bits of news and this is all real news i know we're recording this on april fool's day uh but the first thing is outriders is apparently hot garbo on steam uh yeah currently
1: yep. yep yep yeah
0: so uh our clanmate demon which if you're listening to this demon i don't know if you do but if you're listening to this uh thanks for the update they said they're having a lot of technical issues um and it's like unplayable hitching, frame stuttering which was not present in the demo, which has me intrigued because I know we had mentioned there was a lot of shaky cam in the demo. So this so is much. C- completely different from that. Uh, they said it may be their DX12 implementation and they're currently looking into the issues. Servers are also caca so
1: you know it happens on a steam big release like that that's just i think people expected that more than the other actual graphical and playability issues
0: yeah i mean i think uh what arc when arkham knight came out arkham knight was garbage on launch
1: dude it was i mean kind of like this it was literally unplayable like actually there was no workaround it was just literally unplayable
0: i remember watching the angry joe review Uh uh-huh um and he, he did the PC review and he was just screaming at how unplayable it was on launch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, it's kind of a trend we're seeing lately with some games, not all, but some games that have been released in this pandemic have been kind of unplayable. Um, but this specifically sounds just like a one issue kind of thing, whereas a game mm-hmm. like Cyberpunk was just unfinished. And not ready to be released. Uh, Demon just posted the Outriders numbers. So, so far, as of an hour ago, there's 74,000 players. Uh, Within the first day, there's over 109 players. uh, And their all-time high is that same 109 players. So, that's neat. So, probably that 109 is the initial wave. And then as people realize the game was kind of unplayable, they've kind of trailed off. So, hopefully people can fly, can figure it out, and get it up and running. I don't know if it's my particular cup of tea, but uh, it definitely wasn't bad when I played it. It's just, narratively, I think I had more issues with it than gameplay-wise. The gameplay seemed like it could be interesting as you progressed. But, I know you enjoyed it.
1: Oh yeah, no, I had a lot of fun with it, and I'm interested to... I haven't actually bought the game yet. I still only have mm-hmm. the demo. Uh, I'm very interested to see where the story is going to go and what people think of like the quote-unquote end game. Because I think what I've heard is that they're just going to release it as like a very large base game
0: okay. with a lot of
1: replayability, um, but not necessarily any like major DLC end game stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I could be remembering wrong, but I right. what I remember seeing. Uh, and hearing about is that they're just going to release it as a very large base game with high replayability and i want to see how that works out i want to see if the story execution goes um just following a lot of content creators and people i know who are going to own it and play it Mm -hmm. and kind of get their overall cumulative impression before i actually lay down any cash on it if i do yeah. Um but my I mean my initial impression was good. I liked the gameplay a lot. I actually didn't mind the story tone. I know it was a turnoff for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't mind it. I like I I yeah, it was just so, violent borderlands, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely I'm hoping that they release it as a like, this is the game, it is a it is a finished, you know, whether it's, you know, buggy or whatever, quote unquote. It's a mm-hmm. finished game. We are not planning to do, like, post-launch content like um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is doing. Where, like, it's a complete game, but we're, oh, we're going to do these, like, seasonal events and stuff and these DLCs. Like, I I wouldn't mind if they're like, no, we have two DLCs planned. Kind of like, say, Borderlands or, you know, a game like that is where it's like, we have two DLCs planned. Mm -hmm. That's, like, that's it. We're not going to keep this going. Like, it's not another Destiny and not another Division or an Anthem. Um, Tonal-wise, so I played the demo. We all played the demo at the same time. And mm-hmm. my thing with the the whole tone of the story... I didn't mind the tone of the story, right? Some of the acting seemed a little hammy um, from the protagonist. Uh, I don't know how the female protagonist sounds, but the male protagonist seemed a little hammy. Um, I think the game was trying to be two different things. So, like, Mm -hmm. in one moment, it's like that Borderlands feel where it's kind of like, you know, toilet humor, you know, edgy, edgy humor. And then in other tones, they want it to kind of have this serious beat. Mm -hmm. And I think it just clashed for me. I didn't think it was Mm -hmm. bad. My problem was I was really excited at the start of the game for the world building and the narrative. I was like, oh, man, we're, we're going to colonize a planet. This could be really cool. But instead of showing you that whole colonization process, the game was like, nope, time skip. It's been X amount of it's months. like 30 years, yeah. Yeah, right? It's been like X amount of years, and now there's a giant civil war going on, and everything's mm-hmm. turned to Garbo, and it's rust punk. I was like, mm-hmm. man, I, I don't know. I would have liked, you know discovering the planet but that's just me Um, so Outriders is out if you've played it let us know let us know what you think Um, so I think we mentioned it last week but Sony is shutting down the PlayStation store for the PS3 the PS Vita and the PSP details have come out about that they've officially confirmed it you will not be able to buy new games after the stores have shut down but you will be able to download titles you already have purchased Mm mm-hmm They said this is in an effort to focus their teams on PS4 and PS5 stores. I get it, honestly. uh, It makes sense to me. People say the Vita's still getting games released for it, so maybe that's one I don't understand. But those three stores could kind of, or those three platforms could kind of have the same infrastructure because a lot of PS3 games ended up having a PS Vita title port after the fact. So maybe they're tied somehow i think i don't remember when one of them's getting shut down in july and the other one's getting shut down in august i want to say so like that. basically if you own a ps3 like me and there's games you want to buy go buy them now make sure you have them um otherwise you're out of luck there's a rumor floating around that sony is uh patenting a uh some kind of tech or they're copywriting something that could uh hint at ps1 backwards compatibility for the ps5 Mm -hmm. which i know sony has mentioned that that's their goal is to get ps5 backwards compatible at some point which i think would be huge if if they can get the ps5 to be backwards compatible in a way with ps1 to 3 games it's a complete game changer Right, because mm-hmm. almost every PS4 game right now is backwards compatible with PS5. Yeah. Def, so even if they did the PS3 library, that'd be really huge. Um, other news, PlayStation Access games have come out. Uh, for April, they've been announced Days Gone, which I highly recommend. Uh, one of my favorite open world games. One of my favorite games uh, of recent memory. I did a review of that on the YouTube channel and I 100%ed it. Or, I platinumed it because the 100% required more stuff. Highly recommend if you haven't played it. It's going to be free. Get it. Play it. Uh, I think it's one of the better zombie apocalypse games on the market. Um, Abe's Oddworld, the new uh, Oddworld game, is up there too. Uh, And another one I can't remember. Those will all be next week on Tuesday. Those will roll out. But, that's all the news. Let's get into the meat of today's episode. Uh, this will probably go a little longer than 30 minutes because we did so much intro. So Season of the Chosen, Destiny 2. I mean, besides Guardian game. Excuse me, besides Guardian Games, would you say the season's basically done?
1: Uh you know, there's probably going to be some sort of denouement. Like, I think we're going to be able to see the actual negotiation, as it were. Right. Um,
0: yeah, I agree.
1: Like, there's probably going to be some sort of exit scene for that. And there's definitely going to be, like, a season-closing cinematic um, that's mm-hmm. going to lead us into the next thing. But I, I would say that the meat and the potatoes of the narrative of Season of the Chosen has definitely passed. Yeah. Um It was very cool. You know, I really enjoyed the narrative structure and delivery Mm -hmm. of not only the main story of this season, but also what's been going on in the Presage mission on the Glycon. I really like how they've been feeding us that story between those two things. Right. Um, So, narratively, Bungie's on top of it this season. Like, knocked it out of the park. They got a lot of people who just fully admitted that they did not care about the narrative to actually become invested mm-hmm. um killing it there in terms of gameplay loop you know it's kind of like i predicted battlegrounds were really fun for the first like two oh yeah three weeks and i like that don't was know it. if i've touched it you know i uh i got my god roll sniper and i might go back for a god roll rocket launcher but otherwise unless i'm helping someone i haven't gone back to a battleground in like two weeks at least
0: so here's my thing i think to to run to run it back all the way to the start of your statement Mm -hmm. yes i think we'll get a denouement scene like we did with season of the hunt yeah 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 i don't know if we'll get a scene setting up season 14 because technically we didn't get that with season 13 we had the the Denouement scene, and then that was it, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was no hint that the Cabal were coming. It was just, yeah. Here's the cutscene. Here's the image. Here's the tr- you know. Here's the sizzle reel. Mm-hmm. This season of the Chosen's next. That being said, it's possible because this is the first season that Bungie has this is the first time they're using their new and i I say new with quotations this is their first new seasonal model so to speak right so season of the hunt Mm -hmm. when it ended they had come out and said hey crow's gonna be in two places at once it's left over from the old seasonal content model and how we were doing it Mm -hmm. um But going forward, that's not, you're not going to see that sort of thing again. So in season, I guarantee in season 15 or 14, hypothetically say they move away from the helm, right? Narratively. I don't know if you'll see Crow there. I don't think that's going to happen. I have a feeling because seasonal content is here for a year now. I think the helm will still be there, and I think that'll be the same kind of staging ground area that we'll keep going to because they're not gonna get rid of Umbral Engrams, right? And we need a place to uh we need a place to decrypt them. Losing Crow's banter does not spark joy. Yeah. So I think realistically, we may see uh like a precursor cutscene we may not it depends how Bungie plays it we'll definitely see a denouement scene in some form i think I mean, there's a go ahead
1: so i i think that um obviously they're keeping the content for a year right but um because witch queen is coming out in you know like late winter early spring it's coming out 2022 right, right. we're not getting our usual fall release They've got a little bit more wiggle room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and before I start spinfoil hatting on what the helm's going to be and what Crow's going to do, um, outside of the seasonal system, right? I don't see that going away. Right? Because yeah. these... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Narratively speaking, they have so much more impact than just like a season's worth of content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, the way they're... I mean, obviously, you know, you play your guardian and, like, yeah, you know, you're the main character, kind of canonically, right? All that stuff. And you're the one living out the power fantasy. It's your game, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. Uh, Insert R in comment here.
0: You're in my world.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, for all intents and purposes, Crow is kind of, like, the main character of Destiny right now. You know? Yeah.
0: Like... Yeah. No, 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 yeah. uh,
1: He's not gonna have any less of an impact and they're really just like ramping up his story and him becoming a guardian and coming into his own so even outside of this seasonal system like we are nowhere near done with him
0: oh yeah uh, as definitely. A character
1: as a vendor and honestly the helm it's gonna be a spaceship i'm calling it right now it's gonna be a freaking spaceship
0: mm. maybe so so when i when the thing with crow is obviously we are not getting rid of crow anytime soon um yeah no especially because he makes the comment in the in the end spoilers okay so this is gonna be spoilers so uh going forward we're we're gonna touch on spoilers here and there we're not gonna discuss the whole seasonal plot uh maybe we'll do that at the end of the season but he makes a comment i have a feeling i'm gonna see you again my whole thing is the way they made it sound last season is that at the end of this season characters won't appear in two different places at once So, like, if you go to the Tangled Shore, Crow is behind Spider. If you go to the Helm, Crow is down those steps. Right? So, my whole thing is, I wonder if Crow's gonna stay in the Helm. Right? Or if whatever new, you know, say, theoretically, the Helm stays, but they don't use it narratively for next season, just for whatever reason, right? Like, say, Venus comes back, and there's, you know, there's a new spot in Venus we go to. I don't know if, you know, theoretically, Crow could be in Venus and not be in the help. You see what I'm saying? Because he's not a vendor. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know. That's all up in the air. I, I do agree. Narratively, this is, I don't, I want to say this is the strongest Bungie has been narratively yeah. since Forsaken. And I yeah. honestly mean that. And it's so weird because it's, it's such a small window of content, mm-hmm. but it was so rewarding. And I'm like, I'm not even counting Glycon because I need to do Glycon past the initial one. Like, I need to do yeah. it for all the story beats and the lore because that's going to have huge implications to what happens in the future with Massive, Callus, and everything else. I know it for a fact. But just... I had a reason to log into Destiny every week besides oh it's the reset let me do things that get me drops right Mm -hmm. so narratively I was like oh there's once I realized that there was a new story every week I was like oh I'm I'm... every Tuesday night I logged in Mm -hmm. because the story content was quick enough where you could like do it in a sitting and then it was like okay see you next week and I was like oh I want to know what happens um and i agree proving grounds were fun in the beginning but like wrathborn hunts and like you i got the roles i wanted on the gear that i wanted Mm -hmm. so like i'm only doing proving grounds now for seasonal challenges and it's literally just one which is the 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 ghost interruption one because i yep this week they didn't add any proving ground ones right
1: uh no i mean yeah. so it went on the it released all four of them they gave them like a two week and then the proving ground strike came out so narratively we're all caught up yeah um, so i don't there's... know if there's going to be future challenges for them but like what i am inferring from the challenges that they offered this week and last week is just that they're trying to force you to use certain weapons so you catch up on the focusing lenses that you might have missed but,
0: yeah, okay, you know, aside that.
1: from that, it's kind of just like, you know, play it out till we get to Guardian Games. Because, like, one of the challenges was use sidearms and linear fusions in the new Strike. You know? Really? Yeah. And one of the focusing lenses is for sidearms. And the other one's for linear fusions. And those are weapons you might not have used. So they're kind of like, all right, come on, guys. You know, pick up the pace. The season's going to wrap up soon. And so I understand that. But otherwise, like... The reason I would do battlegrounds is again, there's maybe one or two weapon roles I'm looking for, but mm-hmm. otherwise I would go in for like the new character interactions. Cause as the story beats past, some of the character dynamics changed in what lines right. they would say. Other than that, like I feel no incentive to do them, you know? Uh, and it's not that it's a bad activity. Um, Cause I think the style of the activity, is moving in the right direction yeah but the reason i just stopped doing them is like you know just it's that time in the season right like there's other yeah. things i want to be doing i have what i want i got the story beats i'm out you know
0: like just... so i said it to you the other night i i am at a point where i don't feel like i Besides seasonal challenges, which now I'm like, oh, Guardian Games is coming up, there's probably going to be some spicy stuff in Eververse, so I might mm-hmm. want to grind them out to get the Bright Dust, right? Because I'm buying the seasonal armor ornaments every time they pop up, and I just bought the 1000 Voices ornament last week. Uh, it's but gender th- song. Yeah, 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 but other than that, besides Bright Dust, I mean, I don't, I'm at a point where I got all the narrative stuff, I don't really, if I didn't have this, you know, if I wasn't doing a leveling challenge and playing through shadow keep currently, mm-hmm. I don't know how often I'd hop onto destiny. And it's not like I don't have things to do because I still have like one more, uh, saboteur mission for barracks. I have, you know, if I wanted to chase the badges, I could, you know, all the, the splintered stuff. Yeah. There's plenty of challenges because now the challenges are moving into end game content. I would not be surprised if by the final week of challenges there's a challenge to do the raid. Because we've had I can uh, see it. Grandmaster Nightfall. Yeah. This week. This week is seven trials wins. Um
1: well, it's seven rounds. Seven or seven rounds. seven okay, yeah. seven rounds,
0: I'm sorry. So seven rounds. Uh Grandmaster Nightfall, which I'm nowhere near right, like high enough to do that. Because this season I haven't i haven't participated in the level grind because you kind of didn't need to to honestly to do narrative stuff you didn't need to be thirteen twenty-five, um which which i think is it's a good in the in you know i don't think it's an inherently a bad thing it's a good thing because more casual players can kind of come in now experience the narrative uh, i think bife has referred to this season's narrative as, like, a TV show. Yeah, exactly. Like, you come in, you get your your week's worth, right, of your episode, and then you have until next week, and if you don't want to play, you theoretically don't have to. Uh, I started ending up having some really fun Iron Banner matches because after I got the kills I needed for the grenade launcher, mm-hmm. uh, I literally, besides lagging, dude, I just used multi-match, The one I got with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the pulse rifle from last season. The one I always mess up the name. The Crucible one. Stars and Shadow. Mm -hmm. Shadow and Stars. Whatever it's called. Uh, Star and Shadow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Star and Shadow. Dude, I literally just used those two weapons and I was having a blast. In in a... What was it? In Freelance. It was so much fun. Um, But... So, narratively, we agree this season is arguably the best season, narratively they've done very so strong. far uh i would say it's probably even better than season of dawn Be- mm, yeah. because no,
1: I, I would agree with that because season of dawn was more drip fed whereas this was like it was paced i see that as a yeah. difference right between the drip feed and the pacing
0: mm-hmm. um like a uh, season of arrivals was very drip fed too because of just...
1: well i mean that was also a massive season by yeah. the time we were like done with it by all rights you know we still had like seven weeks to go and oh yeah Uh.
0: festival of the lost was that was a rough what is the ascent we still don't know what the ascendant lend does
1: we have no idea what it does yeah
0: dude i guarantee it's gonna be a witch queen item it's gonna you're gonna be able to earn it this october and it's gonna be a witch queen item i guarantee because of the pushback
1: yeah let's do it like it was probably
0: an item for witch queen and then now that they're pushed back i guarantee it shows up again but but overall guardian games is the only thing that we really have left on the season the season's roadmap right like we have iron banner triple infamy guardian games that's it next season we'll have a bunch of stuff but we'll know we're gonna get moments of triumph again because it's the summer season the fall we'll get festival of the lost you know we'll get the seasonal th- the, the, the actual seasonal events um, guaranteed almost unless they cancel one of them like they did crimson days
1: no nah, I don't see him doing that crimson yeah. days was just kind of like a two week one off yeah. you know it's just kind of like a, ha 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 this is so fun whereas like solstice and moments of triumph and festival of the lost those are like things you know yeah. those are they pull a lot of money into the Eververse store. You Mm. see a lot of engagement. Uh, there's normally like a new exotic introduced, whereas with crimson days, you know, like we got the vow, which was a fun bow, but otherwise it was just like doubles and crucible. And you had a chance to earn a hoodie. That's it.
0: So before we get into our predictions, right. I I do want to like kind of give our thoughts on the season as a whole. Um, I would love to see. I don't know if they'll do this. I would love to see Solstice of Heroes and Moments of Triumph have like a gap week where they're kind of staggered. Mm. Not by much. Not by much at all. But it's... The Solstice of Heroes grind is like to get that armor if they keep it the same. It's kind of... It wasn't as bad last year. But it's kind of a grind. And then if you want to do like your moments and get your t-shirt and all that stuff so i don't know we'll Mm -hmm. see but so narratively we love the season gameplay wise
1: kind of middle of the road it's not bad
0: yeah so my thing with bungie is i as a so i as as a player right i have yet to have an experience like um court of Oryx and archon's forge mm. so i know opulence like everyone loved uh the menagerie yeah but after a while i personally felt like the menagerie was like okay it's the menagerie like once new content started coming out the menagerie to me was like oh this is a place to get quest steps done faster yeah i rather mean rather than it like was...
1: it wasn't it had narrative importance, right? Mm-hmm. During its season when it released, it had narrative importance and it was really pivotal to understanding the Crown of Sorrow raid. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, but outside of that, the reason the Menagerie was so impactful wasn't because it had this consistent overpowering hold over the narrative, right? It's, the loot was excellent. It was yeah. a great place to farm out catalysts. It was a fun place for challenges. You know, it was something you could do fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they put the Izanagi's Catalyst in there. They put Truth in there. So they had the ability to add things to it without causing a lot of, well, wait a second, where did that come? You know, like, the, it was a very useful tool. Hey,
0: Hexmouse with the follow. Thank you so much. Hope you're enjoying like- the show. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. No, I agree. My thing is, and this is... I just feel this way personally. I think Bungie... Like, everyone's like, oh, we want six-player match-made activities, right? Like, ever since Escalation Protocol, I feel like Bungie's been chasing that high. And Menagerie yeah. was really good for a time. Forges weren't. Forges were okay. Um, Calico says, not bad isn't a good metric when Bungie can do really good. Yeah, Bungie can do yeah. really good. In my opinion, Archon's Forge was the last like six player activity that wasn't a raid that was super well not not archon's forge but like because menagerie was really fun i think archon's forge had more longevity what up unique um than menagerie because it it took until they were like hey we're gonna reintroduce all this menagerie gear yeah for Menagerie to kind of have be like, hey, let's, like, I want to run Menagerie tonight and not like, mm. I need to run Menagerie tonight to get my Catalyst. You guys want to just come bum around with me? Um, so oh I think, God. yeah, dude, Unique's been here for a year. My goodness, year and a half. Oh um, I feel like Bungie has kind of had a hard time with really nailing that, like, non-raid activity that isn't a core playlist, right? Like, Sundial was was cool, but I feel like a lot of people fell off Sundial.
1: I'm not going to lie to you. The best part about the Sundial was the targeted it, loot by far. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. like, Sundial was boring as hell. You know, you yeah. did, like, two, maybe three encounters.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and it was just, like, there were some mechanics... You know, I, I would just call them basic combat mechanics. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. it was very mechanically involved. Uh, the way that they can kind of recapture the magic of their horde modes is just by making them more mechanically interesting, you know? Yeah. Um, because you have the flip side of it in the battlegrounds, right? Where mechanically, There's pretty much like one thing you do, maybe two, depending on what battleground you have, right? Yeah,
0: dude, it's just that's like the mindless game mode right now. Yeah, but the
1: fun of battlegrounds comes from the enemy density. That is Mm -hmm. purely where it comes from, just being like, oh shit, panic moment. You know, where even if you are at light or way higher Mm -hmm. and you're a very competent guardian, like if you're either by yourself or your teammates are AFK or they're just like fucking around in the loot cave.
0: Oh, yeah. This is game over.
1: GG. You know, it it can get very challenging very fast, not because the enemies are hard, but because there are so many of them. The other side of that curve, or the other side of that spectrum, rather, would just be to make their horde modes. They could have difficult enemies and not too many of them, but make it more mechanically interesting so that the player is actually, like, involved as opposed to, I am just here for my god roll Dust Rock Blues that they're bringing back in two seasons, you know, like.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh I think that's why people love people are so nostalgic for prison of elders mm-hmm. is because there were mechanics it wasn't just a horde mode it was a horde yes, mode exactly. and then you had you had mines and then you mm-hmm. had uh you know this thing and then you had that corrupted thing. light
1: or whatever yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. like there mm-hmm. were there were intricate parts to it um mm-hmm. I love the enemy density of the battlegrounds A especially when you get to that final encounter um not so much the last one they did the last one on nessus with the scion i think the boss encounters kind of fun Mm -hmm. but like the enemy density for that encounter felt really weak because when you look at the europa one Mm -hmm. the first nessus one and the earth one when you get to Mm -hmm. that boss encounter when you get them down to their last third of health you are swarmed. Mhm. Like you are absolutely swarmed and if you are not actively clearing ads, you're just going to keep dying.
1: Mhm. Uh yeah, I think that the last one, the most recent one on Nessus is definitely the weakest because it it has the illusion of difficulty. Where, like, there is a constant stream of low level ads, right? But, like, really what's slowing you up is the ability to throw those overload cores at Wyverns. Yeah. And, and so you're waiting just game, waiting. Right? Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. waiting. You just have to be patient. Like, you're clearing the ads, but you just have to be patient. And so, because the encounter is forced to take longer right. by nature of the mechanic, it seems more difficult. Whereas. For the generators, you know, it's effectively the same thing, right? On the first mm-hmm. Nessus one. But there's no shielded enemies. There's just a lot of them. You can work your way through them. And then by the time you get to the boss, it's not the illusion of difficulty. It's pure density. They're just like, here you yeah. go, take the hill. You're go. in a small yeah. arena and yeah. you're
0: surrounded by enemies. And I think mm-hmm. that's what makes those So those parts of the encounter so much fun. And I think that's yeah. where Battlegrounds shines. Mm-hmm. Um more so than the opening part or like the yeah. middle parts but um to kind of because we're going wow we're we're at 40 minutes already i knew this was gonna happen so let's let's kind of give up a give our thoughts real quick so overall as a season mm-hmm. you would rate this very high right
1: yeah oh yeah yeah i mean easy eight i'm probably not gonna and that's pretty much purely off the back of the narrative right like the narrative put in so much work for this season um dead man's tale is a great addition
0: Mm -hmm. uh
1: the narrative just of the glycon and the presage mission s tier that release the fact that they just like dropped it on us right um and the fact that the mission had so much atmospheric storytelling that the presage mission alone right is bungie at its best Mm mm-hmm um absolutely perfect the way that they did that and the narrative of the season itself great i love how they were doing that and how it felt episodic like we were talking about earlier uh once again you know the gameplay loop kind of suffers just from tedium yeah and doing things ad nausea to get that like one thing and be like all right i'm out but i i we don't have all the content yet because of guardian games, et cetera. We don't know how it's going to turn out, but right now I would say it's like, you know, an eight again, I'm not going to give it the nine just because of that tedium aspect. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the narrative is in fact superior.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Bungie's kind of always had this problem where even before they did like season seasons, like if you go back to the April update of destiny one, like that was to address a content drought yes and that's when they re-brought in prison of elders that's when they brought in the taken sword mm-hmm. uh the mm-hmm. grasp of malik and all that stuff but even then that kind of fell off right mm-hmm. um i wonder and this is a top this is a topic for another day we could we could theorize but i wonder why people reminisce so much about destiny one and are so nostalgic for it because you and i have talked in nauseum of like how age of triumph was like the peak yeah god tier. like and i think it's because there was so much to chase Mm -hmm. and none of it was was like gated right like none of it was power gated because you have things to chase in d2 right now yeah it's it's power gated to an extent Mm -hmm. right trials is a little power gated
1: Oh, um, it's a different kind of gated, but you know, yeah, kind of
0: yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you need to be you need to be a certain level to get into trials, which is how it's always been. So that's why I'm putting yeah. it to the side. Grandmaster Nightfalls are power gated. You need to yeah. be max power just to even step foot mm-hmm. in the in the thing, and then it's a slog. Right? It's not even like a raid yeah. where it's like mechanics and it's like we're gonna sit here and clear every ad one by one until the room is empty, and then we're gonna go five feet and do it again
1: yeah I mean just as a quick side note because I don't want to completely interrupt your point but the Mm -hmm. way I feel about Conqueror as a title is the way I feel about seeing someone with Reckoner of just like you do the GM once as a novelty for the title and maybe you help someone with it right Yeah. but like you're not necessarily farming it if you see someone with, with Conqueror in the wild and if you see someone with Reckoner in the wild to me that's like oh you've seen some shit huh you know, like that you have yeah. suffered you're a little bit broken on the
0: inside that's that's why uh you know dio's got his his reckoner title yeah right? i am a couple triumphs away from my reckoner title uh and I, I i don't even think like they're the hard ones right like i think i've gotten all the guardians ones and the invader yes. ones that i need so i think one of them is like get thrillmonger for yeah, a third yeah, yeah. time bank you know half your team's moats in a match Mm -hmm. or something like that uh reset your infamy which just takes forever um but yeah so grandmaster and you have conqueror right
1: yeah yeah i'm gonna guild it this season too
0: yo godspeed i can't Mm -hmm. like i would like to do grandmaster probably for the challenge for the just the the seasonal challenge just for the bright dust and a shot at uh an adept weapon but otherwise there's no i don't see a point honestly so like that's that's level gated so that chase is level gated and you need to get a team and you've got to have the right mods and you've got to have good communication. So, like that's like you know hardcore end game content but that chase is level gated then you have lost sectors which is a chase but again level gated you know if you want to have a, a good not a good time right? But if you want to have an okay time, where you're not pulling your hair out, you got to be a high enough power level, because you have to be, what, 1312 just to get in?
1: No, for Grandmaster, you have to be No, no,
0: no, 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 no. Uh, uh, lost sectors. Master lost sectors.
1: Oh, you, uh, I mean, you can get in. It's just going to be difficult. You oh, can Legend, theoretically... I'm sorry.
0: Legend is 1312, right?
1: Yeah, it's 1300, and then the Master one is That's 1330. Right, alright, yeah. right, right.
0: so... 1300 to do a legend one which is fine um does that offer that doesn't offer the exotic right
1: Yeah it does it just adds at okay. an uncommon rate or a rare rate and right. you know if it's like air quotes common for an exotic in the master yeah, one yeah, yeah yeah
0: um so the master one is like the chase because that's the one where you think most people would probably farm that one because they want the better chance at the exotic yeah. So all those new exotics are locked behind master and legend lost sectors. Yeah. And again, I,
1: I like that level of difficulty in a master lost sector because it feels doable to the point where you can do it solo, and like you have to think, you have to position, you have to yeah. actually understand the gameplay at a mm-hmm. much more nuanced level. And you know somebody might be like, okay, destiny nuance; these two things do not go together. But you know you have to know what you are doing to solo a master loss sector, to the point where, oh, yeah, yeah, it can become farmable, whereas you step into a Grandmaster, depending on the Nightfall, and like, you know, Grandmaster Devil's Lair felt fair. It felt very doable. Uh, you still had to pay attention, but it felt very doable. The other night we were doing, or last night, we were doing Grandmaster Proving Grounds, and all three of us were just like, yo, this is bullshit. yeah I like, heard, this I heard is about just that. not fun. I can't imagine,
0: <laughs> I cannot imagine that with champions. And like, this is a discussion, again, a discussion for another day and we'll probably do these in youtube videos rather than podcasts so we have more time but i'm not a fan of the champion system i when it first showed up i was like okay yeah whatever but as the seasons have gone on i'm not a fan of like oh yeah you kind of have to either use certain exotics that have these perks intrinsic to them yeah or uh you get shoehorned into using guns you don't want to otherwise you're Essentially, like, you're not going to be able to do a Legend Lost Sector unless you have anti-barrier rounds or, you know, whatever like Mm -hmm. that. So, I don't, that's a different story. But I think, so, Mm -hmm. you have not as many chases. Mm -hmm. And a good chunk of them are gated, Mm -hmm. right? And some of the more worthwhile chases are the ones that are, like, heavily gated and i'm not saying make destiny easy like the april fools thing they played like don't make destiny for the casual player right like but i think there's a little of a disconnect between the prize like the carrot and the gauntlet you have to run to get it Mm -hmm. maybe specifically with grandmasters because it's like oh yeah we're gonna add adept weapons to grandmasters and it's like it's adept shadow price really worth doing this right now
1: uh so this is also another conversation we had last night of the first week where it was the swarm right Mm -hmm. uh for devil's liver we're like okay you know like that's fair you know it's good to it was more of an incentive to go for the mods because those are more universal and like the swarm you know pretty good depending on what you get on your roll right yeah um next week shadow price it was kind of like eh, all right you know sure shadow price is fun i'm probably never going to use this gun but like it feels fair for this week though we we're like palindrome as a gun is not worth this bullshit yeah. absolutely no. not it is not worth it like, and i
0: think i think that's the problem that's again another discussion we i have to remember these that's the problem Uh, with uh i'm actually gonna write this down um oh my god he's taking notes reissuing guns Mm -hmm. Um, especially
1: 120 meta where palindrome is a 140 and depending on the role you get it can be competitive but like it is not worth it dude
0: this is like i think this is a problem when you reissue guns instead of having new guns because everyone is uh everyone's like oh man the palindrome was so good um it's like did you really want the palindrome again mm-hmm. and did you really is it really worth banging your head against and like I know there's strats right as to cross caucus everybody's got a strats like this is the optimal way to farm the knife wall it's like okay <laughs> but is it worth the headache it's, it's just, like well
1: yes but actually no, because you didn't want palindrome. What you wanted was the way palindrome made you
0: feel. Exactly. Like, I think the trials weapons, right? If trials wasn't broken, Mm -hmm. like what was it last week? Everyone loved trials because the, the rewards were laid out in a manner where it was like this. Okay. This is achievable. Mm -hmm. That's worth it. At the end of the, if we get flawless, that's worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think right now, with this seasonal content model Look at y'all leaning into being a Destiny podcast. I one of these days we might we might make the shift. It depends. Mm-hmm. Um I think right now the problem with the seasonal content model is the chases are not always rewarding enough. And I think you could that could be said about a casual player like me and a hardcore player like you. Some of these chases that they put in seasonal model in the seasonal content, it's not worth it. Like uh, focusing lenses. I honestly don't care because the yeah. sidearm this season was garbage. Brass attack was not a good sidearm. The linear fusion rifle. I already got one with oh, dude, I Dragonfly and something else. Well, I don't need another one. Why would I care about getting a focusing lens? Mm-hmm. you right. So it doesn't matter Um, real quick because we're at 50 minutes. What do you think they're going to do next season? Just as a base, do you think Vault of Glass is going to be the main focus and tied to seasonal content? Or do you think it's just going to be an extra thing on top of whatever the seasonal content is?
1: Uh, Tied to seasonal content, yes. The main focus, no. Uh, I think that kind of like how Proving Grounds was tangential to the seasonal focus, but it wasn't just like, you need to run proving grounds. You have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. But like, it was the natural end to the story, right? Or the natural kind of like the climax of the, uh, narrative we are getting, right? I think that's going to be vault of glass where we're going to okay. build up to it. There's probably going to be like some sort of scion incursion. Cause that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about now a lot. Um, we're hinting at a lot of scion interference because they are now free of the cabal empire. So I think they're gonna be up on their bullshit, and it's gonna lead yeah. into the Vault of Glass raid, right? But I don't think they're just gonna on like day one of the season be like, "All right,
0: it's time, go! It's the
1: vault, get in there, get in there!" Confluence of time, go! No, like I don't think they're gonna do that.
0: Pray this timepiece, go, 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 yeah. go. Yeah. Kill the gorgons. Um. Go, go, go. Okay. Uh, Venus, yes or no?
1: Uh, as an actual zone, no. As something that we pass through, as to like see, maybe. Uh, but I think they've said as much that like Venus as we know, it is not coming back. So I think we'll probably, you know, how we load into certain areas. We might get like a little nostalgia glimpse at it, but not as an actual loading zone. I don't,
0: I think, I I think if they bring Venus back, it's going to be the zone that has vault of glass. And that's the only, like, that's going to be the only zone. Like the opening. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Where the, where the gate is, you know, that whole zone kind of expanded a little bit. Lost sectors kind of like what they did with, uh, with earth. Um,
1: well, What I think they really do, because I know we're trying to wrap up, what I think they really do is, you know, when you go into and you're fighting um, the final boss and you go into the gates and you see the future and the past, right? Yes. Uh, I think what they're going to do with that, as far as narrative and atmospheric storytelling, is when you go into the future portal and you go to Mars, we're going to see what's happened to Mars under the influence of the pyramid ships.
0: Oh, don't do that. Don't give me hope. (laughs) that would be oh my god (laughs) i don't know it's i think right now with everyone being like oh yeah luke smith is like sunset it's like no you guys really like luke smith did a lot for this game and yes joe blackburn is like the man but like joe blackburn wasn't narrative lead right i mean i don't know who's narrative who's narrative lead over the past course of the game but you know mm-hmm. i think the things because you got to remember luke smith gave us season of dawn yeah. and everyone until this season everyone was like that was season eight was best season of destiny too they were like narratively was like saint 14 hell yeah rah rah mm-hmm. like that was luke smith okay mm-hmm. luke smith gave us a, a bunch of stuff I um, mean, he's
1: still got it. People shit on him, but he's still got yeah, it. Yeah,
0: there's a reason why he's doing all the expanded universe stuff or expanded yeah. and, you know, media stuff with him and, uh, was it Mark Noseworthy? Him and them? Yeah. Or anything? Yeah, so fantastic. But I think narratively, um. Bungie has a really good idea. It feels like Bungie has a really good idea now where yep. they want to go, where it's like everything else kind of seemed like setup and I'm talking like red war was self-contained mm-hmm. um, then it was you know um then it was curse of Osiris self-contained um very small implications war mind self-contained very small implications. But like Forsaken onward has just been kind of like these little steps, yep, these building steps, and now I think we're really starting to. Beyond Light was like, okay, open the door, because everyone was like, Beyond Light wasn't as impactful as we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Beyond Light was Destiny Three. Which Queen's not? So like everyone's like, Which Queen's Destiny Three? It's like, no, Which Queen is the Taken King? Mm-hmm. Beyond Light, in my mind, was des- is Destiny Three, like that. Effectively. Yeah, If Bungie released Destiny 3, that would have been the main campaign. We would have gotten the seasonal content. Witch Queen would have been the Taken King.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, Would have been year two. Um, Beyond Light was open the door. The DC has been like, right, Go for a walk. Walk down the hallway. And now we're slowly climbing stairs. And then the moment Witch Queen hits, that's going to be the it's next be floor. Big. Yeah, I'm so excited. Okay. Alright, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, yep. Thank you for watching today's video make sure you click the like button hit subscribe if you want to see more ding the notification bell if you want to know when the next video goes lives let me know down in the comments down below what do you think of season of the chosen and what do you think they're going to do in the next season and until next time always remember to keep gaming all right that's the youtube outro for when i record it and now the regular outro zef thank you so much for joining me thanks
1: for having
0: me and um remember if you are listening for the first time the links are down below you can check out zeph's twitch you can check out my twitch where we record the podcast you can join the discord where you can ask your questions and we'll answer them live on air whenever you do you can also check out the youtube link down below to see more video game reviews and stuff like that and possibly more destiny content from me and (laughs) zeph otherwise Thank you all for watching and listening. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. And until next time, don't forget to lift beast and game. We'll see you then.